Welcome everyone to our NCAA Social Series. I'm Andy Katz. I'm pleased to be joined by one of the today's top 10 award honorees, Juan Ortiz Cowder from Embry-Riddle University, now a currently graduate assistant on the men's tennis team, former player there, originally from Madrid. Congratulations on the honor. Let's start right there. Um, what was your reaction when you heard you were one of today's top 10 for 2023? Hi, Andy. Um, well, first off, Right off the bat, it was disbelief. I actually, well, more than disbelief, surprised. I didn't know what it meant. Uh, then I started digging a little bit more and uh, started realizing how much it meant and uh, how much it entailed. So, so yeah, a lot of pride uh, from, from getting this award. All right, so let's go back a little. Uh, Embry-Riddle, not maybe internationally known. Uh, how did you get from Madrid to Embry-Riddle? Well, it's actually a very long, long story. Um, I was... I finished high school in Spain and uh, I committed to another school and decided to play some uh, professional tennis tournaments. So it turns out I did okay, uh, but not good enough to make a living out of it. Uh, but I still had committed to a school I was going to come here in the US. Um, so I decided to attend the school, but as soon as I was going to come here, there was a ruling by the NCAA that decided I was a professional tennis player. Um, we made an appeal and we ended up winning, but the school that I originally committed to um, took away their offer because they were not going to be able to uh, make an offer to a player that was not meant to be playing for them. And so I had to find another school and then, but yeah, I found another school and I ended up playing here. So for Embry-Riddle, cannot complain. And it has obviously worked out quite well for you. You're now working there. Um, and you made a number of interesting decisions. First of all, academically, uh, you didn't go into some easy major here. Tell us about what you decided to, to do in terms of choosing that path of uh, aeronautics and, and engineering and, and you know the fact that software engineering, computer science, I mean, these are things that are not easy for most of us. So I honestly think it turned out for the better for me because the school I was gonna originally attend, I was gonna study business. I'm, I'm not a big fan of business. So what I like is computers. Um, and so when I found out Embry-Riddle was really good, a really big school engineering-wise, I said, hey, look, I'm just gonna take a look and see what engineering they offer related with computers. So I decided to enroll in computer engineering. One semester there, uh, deep in there, I realized that that was not especially what I needed to do or what I wanted to do. Uh, computer engineering is more related to the hardware and how the physical parts of a computer work. And so I didn't find that appealing. And I started to look um, what other options I had that were still related with, uh, with uh, computers. And so I found software engineering and uh, the rest is history. You also wanted to make sure that you had an impact in the community. So team impact, working with kids that, that needed an opportunity, needed a mentor. How, how did that come about? So our, our coach does a very good ro um, role at, uh, at telling us and making us understand that we have to be grateful for everything that we've, given, uh, we've been given in school because all that scholarship, all that money comes from somewhere. And so we have to kind of give back. Um, and it's something that, yeah, once you take, like, maybe you're a freshman, you don't really realize how much it entails, but you see the people around you and how much um, investment they put in you, not just the tennis program, but all athletics. Everyone in Daytona, you see how much they care about the athletics at Emory-Riddle. And so it kind of motivates you to kind of help everyone that you can, you know. So uh, we were giving an option of mentoring uh, kids playing tennis, and we just, hey, give more and more options, you know. Uh, every, every single opportunity that I was given to help people, I would just accept them and hey, like, hey, what, else, what do you need me to do? 
you want me to, I don't know, be a referee at a kid's tournament, I'll be there. You need me to uh, mentor some kids when they want to learn playing tennis, I'll be there. There's a, I don't know, make a wish kid that, uh, that wants to join the tennis team, let's do it. You know, everything that, um, every single opportunity that is given to us, I think we should just take it. So obviously you help them. How did they help you? It uh, allows me to be more grateful for what I have. You see people that are in need or they don't have everything that they, I do. And it just makes me more humble and grateful for what I do have. As an international student, um, especially going through you know, COVID and everything and, and trying to navigate that world, um, what's it like to be an international student at a United States university? I, I find it great, honestly. Um, when, if I had decided to stay in Spain, it would essentially force me to pick between tennis or academics. Um, it's very hard to convalidate both and do both at the same time, but the U.S. allows you to do both. Uh, they allow you to study at a good school and they allow you to perform your sport at a very high level. And uh, something I would not have been capable of doing if I had stayed in Spain. What about the Division II experience? Um, you know, that we hear so much obviously about Division One, it's in the headlines and all that, but how were you able to maximize that? I think there's a misconception of if you go to D2, you're kind of like a failure, not a failure in that sense, but D1 is the big leagues and where only the good players go. I feel like D2 is much more competitive and not only D2, we've played against D3 and NAI schools and there's good level regardless of where you go. Uh, maybe the Vast, vast amount of uh, the better players go to D1, but I don't think D2 can be slept on. So you're a graduate assistant. Um, what did you learn as a player that you're applying now as a coach? The knowledge of the game. I think uh, because of all the experiences that I've lived here in the US um, and how tennis is different in other countries, the way that it's taught, the way that it practice and everything, um, I think it helped me to understand that not everyone works the same way and you have to, to help people and uh, coach them in different ways. Uh, you cannot coach me the same way that you coach any of my teammates or regardless, uh, vice versa. Uh, everyone is different and you have to adapt to them. So what's next for you? Hopefully finishing my PhD. That's uh, what I want to do. And then I would like to transition to academia. Where, would you, where, where could you see yourself doing that? I actually have not thought about that. I think there's a long way to for me to finish, so I will decide when I get closer to the, to the finish line. But somewhere in the U.S., I think uh, the U.S. is a great place to to teach and to stay. Well, and to your point, I mean, tennis is a lifelong sport, um, and the value of that of playing collegiately. I mean, how much do you can you see yourself still being involved in the game, even if you are in academia? you know, as you go throughout your life? I, I don't think I can go very far away from tennis, honestly. I feel like tennis and I are like a magnet, you know, we're attracted to each other. Um, so I don't think I'll go very far away from tennis. I will be still involved in wherever I can. If I go to another school and become a professor there, I will try to be involved in the tennis program somehow. And I think I will be able to, get, to help uh, the team in some ways. Well, congratulations on a well-deserved honor. Thank you, thank you very much. And that wraps up this edition of our NCAA Social Series. As always, you can go to ncaa.org slash social series where all our social series are archived.